Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, a show that's by sports PTs and for sports PT professionals. We're here to accelerate growth in your sports PT career while giving you the tools to provide your athletes with game-changing results. Here's your host, sports physical therapist and practice owner, Dr. Yoni Rosenblatt. Hey, what's going on? It's Yoni Rosenblatt with the True Sports PT Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again. Today we have Colin Thompson. Colin has had an awesome career so far, most recently with the Carolina Panthers in the NFL playing tight end. Um, He takes a really unique look both at his career um, and also in his own business. Um, He is the owner and CEO of Not For Long Media, his own media company, uh, where you will find him sounding off on on all things NFL, um, but really NFL culture, NFL business, and today we do a little bit of a dive into how Colin assesses talent, both on the field, off the field, um, as well as in his business, and there's there's so many takeaways here for sports PTs, uh, whether it's the way you're assessing the athlete that's in front of you, um, or if you're on the business side of sports physical therapy, how do you assess employees, how do you assess coworkers? Colin has some really awesome, awesome insight here, and it's really a, a wide-ranging conversation. We hit a number of different topics. Um, obviously, want to thank Colin so much for joining us, and want to thank everyone here for listening and tuning in. Um, and and for just trying to enjoy the conversation, share your feedback. We look forward to hearing from you. You can always reach us with a DM. True Sports PT on Instagram is the easiest. If you're interested in joining us as a sports PT, uh, shoot me an email. It's Yoni Y O N I at truesportspt.com. I'll get right back to you, uh, and we, we can set up some time to talk. Uh, we are always always looking to add um, the brightest minds, the hungriest minds, people with the true growth mindsets um, in and around the profession of sports physical therapy. So shoot it over, be in touch, uh, and really enjoy this conversation with Colin Thompson. Welcome back to the True Sports Physical Therapy Podcast. We got Colin Thompson here, NFL tight end, entrepreneur, ranked as the number two tight end in the country in your senior year of high school, current host of the Colin Thompson Show. Former sideline reporter, tell me what I missed. Who is Colin Thompson? That's a loaded question. They all are. Uh, as my dad would say about my mom, she puts 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. I, I think I'm on the same wavelength <laughs> of 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. Okay. Um, <coughs> I was the number one tight end in the country. Oh. And then I went to the Under Armour game. All American game, and I can, you know, we we had practice and everything was great, and I had like a catch for whatever fifteen yards, and the other kid had two catches for thirty and a touchdown, and he moved from two to one, you know. So very disappointed in that. I'll be on. No, I'm kidding. It was uh, that was a great experience. That was crazy too, but that's not what the show's about today. You didn't miss much, man, other than the fact that I'm here training with you. Found you through a good friend, Mike Burton, and um, it's been unbelievable, not just pumping your tires because I'm on the show, but you just have an amazing product for athletes, PTs, parents, people listening out here trying to figure out what's the best for my kid. I can guarantee you, and we're going to get into this too a little bit here, I was going to say, I was going to say outside of a professional atmosphere, but sometimes professional atmospheres are not the best. That's in big time college football, big time NFL. 
you're not going to find better PTs, better care than here. That's a unsolicited commercial. That I'm not going to cut you off. You just Yoni keep rolling with it. Very <laughs> awkward with this because he's like, wait, we didn't. Like, this is not the plan. I'm, I'm a planner you for this. Colin. So no, it's legit. It's been amazing. I feel better. I move better. We're just getting started. So thank you, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us. For many reasons, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, I was introduced to you by the aforementioned Mike Burton, and it's when I was starting this podcast because you've been doing it for years now with Not For Long Media, and you really know how to put on a great product. And what struck me was how, when I got on the phone with you, we, we didn't even talk rehab, we talked podcast, and you were so generous with your time. You gave me like an hour, hour and a half, and I was just drilling you with questions. Um, and I realized you're running a really nice size machine over there like like a, a media company i thought i was just talking to a buddy of burton's who had done this a couple times and so your prowess with as an entrepreneur managing a media company and then your journey through the nfl we'll talk about kind of all those other uh bounces and stops is i think you're uniquely situated to speak on how talent is assessed um how you bring along talent how you attract talent that's something that's constantly at the forefront of my mind as a business owner. Um, and, and also forget business owner, even as a clinician, where's the athlete talented and how do I cultivate that? So I'm excited to hear your, your take on all those things. Take me back to a time when you felt your talent was properly assessed. Wow. Probably when I went from the number one tight end in the country to number two tight end in the country. That was a proper assessment. <laughs> it was proper. Should have went a lot lower. Um, it was funny, too. Like, on a health base, I was the kid in high school that was, like, you know, the bigger kid. They got to put weight on me. I have to be, you know, we, I went to a powerhouse in Pennsylvania for football, Archbishop Wood. We had, like, five NFL players and a bunch of Division One college football guys. We won the state title, the whole thing. It's still really good football. And the coaching staff thought I should just be this, like, monstrous tight end. And they were right. I was. I was 255 pounds, the same weight I am now. This was my senior year in high school. That's why I was ranked so high. I only had 13 catches. I was just mauling these, like, 200-pound kids, you know. So it was – I was huge. And then, you know, back to the journey, I ended up breaking my right foot twice, broke my left foot twice, and, you know, kind of fell off the football planet and got medically disqualified from Florida after being on such a high. But where was I properly assessed – I would say it's been a real long – I can't answer that question because I've been constantly, in my opinion, undervalued. Yeah. yeah. But also, I would say the first time I was properly assessed was this year when I was at my lowest point of my professional football career. Physically, after several calf strains in a two-, three-month period, and the team kept me around where I was on the practice squad and you're supposed to practice every day. Practice squad players don't miss practice. I know that sounds kind of corny to people listening, but it's tr like fact. You don't miss practice. But the Panthers kept me. Even, you know, people labeled me as a coach rule guy because he was my coach in college. Coach rule left, they kept me. I got hurt a lot and didn't really practice till week eight. They kept me. So tons of respect for them and their front office and their people in that building for really appreciating my value that's more than football and then when the football stuff was rolling with that you know obviously things are really good for me personally and and I think for the team but this year I was able to show you know my ability to coach lead bring young guys along you know 
battle through the injuries that were just never ending with the calf strains that people had on here are just absolutely brutal. You always heard about them and said you could get through them because that's everyone's mindset, especially as an athlete, but they were a mountain. So I would say this year was the first year. It's a great question. Uh, it took me a minute to think about it. That's that, crazy that you think this is the first time you were properly assessed because like you said previously, you have been assessed every single year, every single game, every single snap since call it sophomore year of high school. So all the way through different professional leagues, you you train to get drafted, you don't get drafted, but but you're constantly being assessed. And the first time you you feel properly assessed is at age twenty eight. Twenty eight. Just oh. turned twenty nine December. Okay. Happy birthday. So how did so how did what did they do right that others did poorly? It's a great question. I think with Coach Rule and the front office there, and I'm Coach Wright. This is Coach Wright's going to do an amazing job there too, and he's a very successful football coach and person, from what I hear. Was they really value that kind of thing, and a lot of franchises all value that, right? Everyone says the locker room guy, but again, you have to perform on the field. I think that's an overused term, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of really great human beings in the world that would be amazing locker room people, but if you're not a good at your job like no matter what position you have there's a lot of amazing people that have worked for you that may or may not been a good match because of what it was professionally so I think they just valued that and they they valued the leadership role and the role I was in and I think too there was players ahead of me that were performing really well so that made it a lot easier for them to keep mm -hmm. me around because in the day it's a business you have to win and have the best players on your team so well it, you do you're right obviously but it sounds like they had figured out what it is they value. It was the formula in our room, I think, in the tight end position. And you kind of, and you kind of match that. Um, have you seen times, I'm sure you have, in which the team or whoever was evaluating you didn't have it figured out as to what they valued? Of course. I, it's a loaded question for me individually because I was always a low player at the bottom of the roster. And I knew the guys were better in front of me. And again, it's like what what they're a pro bowler or you're a good player, but a locker room guy. It, one plus one isn't equals two to get you ahead of yeah. what they are. So right. I think at the end of the day, it's like what's your talent? What's your what's your level? Like I play with guys that do not speak, that do not lead, that do not. But there are unbelievable football players, and they're great people too. But they're just like this is I'm a different roles. I'm a soldier. Yeah. You know, I'm not a I'm or not, a robot, right? I'm a robot. Yeah, I just do what I do. Punch the clock and go to work. Yeah. How do you take what you learned from assessing talent in professional football to your business? I think it's how you treat people. It's a, it's a really great question. Assessing talent. I'm really trying to dive into that because I'll bring people onto our media company that are completely underqualified, and not that our company is this high thing, but like. I'm fortunate to have two to three manager type people in our business that understand how I tick and then also understand what they need to do to make sure that they take less off, it takes more off their plate and they can teach and manage and bring the group up. Because for me, I can't afford to bring in a professional in that's, you know, 30 40 50 years old right now we have some and i sell marketing for them yeah but from the podcast support system when i'm bringing people into the business i always say what do you do well we'll throw you right in that right away 
well, you have a hole, you have an opening here and you're opening here. That's fine. We're going to get you in. We're going to get you comfortable, do what you do well. And then we're going to train you with the other thing. So we build the confidence. We build a camaraderie. We build a relationship because everything we do is from afar. We don't have a brick and mortar. We have 20 quote unquote employees that work wow. for, for not for long media, which has five to six to seven podcasts. We either own or manage or produce or raise marketing for, et cetera. So I get them in my team kind of gets a hold of them and it's all through group text it's all through zoom meetings it's all through you know pre-recorded things about how to edit videos the way we like it done how to timestamp the way we like it done and pull clips from from interviews and then we fly by the seat of our pants at a lot of things we really do i've talked to you about here before if yoni and i were mic'd up for our that'd be terrible workout terrible for business it wouldn't be terrible for business. We would turn into the Joe Rogan show. And I mean that. It's re- not a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, it was just, we just talk about everything. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's a great question, ta- evaluating talent. But I just like want people that are hungry, curious. How do you test for that? Everyone wants that. How because they reach that? out. That's the first start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big jump. I think people like look at the NFL logo and it's like, oh, I don't want to take too much of your time. It's like, no, no, I, I can only train two, three hours a day. Like, how much more can you do? So, yeah, like the plate's always full with interviews and podcasts and meetings and et cetera, but it's a great, how do you, how do you, your question was, how do you know they're hungry? How do you know they want to do it? I think they touch base, they reach out. It's much different maybe than somebody applying for like a physical therapist position. Like everybody wants that job, but then you have to meet them. I think face to face, there has to be some sort of juice there. There has Mm -hmm. to be a good handshake. There has to be eye contact. There has to be confidence. There has to be some sort of swagger that yes, I'm good at what I do, but I really don't know everything and I want to learn and get better and continue to evolve. And I think that's, what's been great to us. And for me, the people that I take care of at our media company are the people that always are just taking bigger bites, bigger bites, bigger bites. And then I'll bump them up and pay because I'm down. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine to do that. Yeah. I have no problem paying people. Yeah. But my problem is, is when we're paying somebody again, we're virtual. And I know cause my managers are keeping track of what's being done. It's pretty tangible. Did you make X amount of clips? Did you do this? Did you do that? So it's unique. Yeah. The hunger is something that we certainly look for when we're hiring. It's, it's sometimes it's the cold to reach out, right? Where it's like, there's not an opening, but it's someone saying, I'm super excited about. Yeah. Being there's part like of your extreme team, right? hunger there. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all stories too in pro football. It's like the guy who was banging on the door, like, get me in this door. That, dude, reading through your bio, that. That was you, right? It still is me. I mean, I I am a connector at heart. I am a relationship person at heart and not in a cheesy, hey, this is my friend to get me on the team situation. Mm -hmm. No, this is like part of normal normal human behavior, in my opinion, building those relationships. I've spent, I'm constantly talking to young people about that too. Like, hey, this coach didn't get re-signed in Carolina and he's somewhere here, there, or here. Have you messaged them yet? Oh, I love that guy. All right, did you say congratulations? So happy for you and your family? No. Well, why not? Like, you, that's a friend. That's not a coach. That's a friend. And at the end of the day, there's going to be a relationship down the road where they're going to need you, you're going to need them, whether it's to get another job on both ends, whether it's a letter of recommendation, whether it's to help your kid out to go play for their kid who's a coach here. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, oh, I'm going to be friends with this person because down the line. It has to do with just – connect 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 in sports and that is kind of my journey and i'll i'll just bump through how two connections really changed my life so when i was at university of visiting university of florida getting recruited so fortunate to have a bunch of offers and and that journey was incredible through high school 
Where else did you look? Uh, my top five was, in no order, Boston College, Wisconsin, Alabama, Florida. Alabama offers you a full ride to play. It was end. unbelievable. Nick Saban on the phone. <laughs> I'm in the weight room at Archbishop Wood High School, and my coach comes to Colin. Come here. I thought he was pissed at me. I'm like, oh, man. I also have that, like, fear, right? Kind of we all do, like, what I do wrong. And I was like, choir boy. <laughs> and he's like, Nick Saban's on the phone. Hands me the phone. Oh, Coach, Colin, how you doing? And a Southern accent, yeah, how you doing today? You know. And uh, he just said, hey, man, it was like a quick thing. We're going to offer you a full scholarship. I think you're a hell of a player. I think you'd be a perfect match for us at Alabama. And he's like, let's Skype next week and, and let's get it rolling. Let's let's start the conversation. And it, it just kind of – they sent a coach up. The coach was around the weight room filming everything we did. He was the only coach in the recruiting process. I could probably could Google him. Whoever the O-line coach was in 2011, 2010. We'll get our producer on that. He was sitting there with his camera holding it like the old school camera like you could see it and he's sitting there and he's recording everything we do how I interact with people how the other guys interact with me it, it this is essentially what happened too and i'm off topic i want to go back to you're that. not off topic because it sounds like where you're going is really? sabin or whoever relationships relationships and he's assessing your talent he was completely accessing my talent and that was almost like in a creepy way but he wanted to see how i reacted to the like to the to the camera right like am i putting too much weight on the bar like am i being myself it was very awkward especially as a 17 18 year old everyone now i'd be like oh i'd be if i was filming you know people are filmed all the time now remember that in our world it's very normal now to film somebody do something i film myself every day in my face mm -hmm. like i do these food reviews like I, that was a jump for me like i'm gonna put this on my social media me screaming about a cheesesteak shout out to the sam boners check them out sam boners but long story short i i remember going into my coach's office that next day, this was uh, when the recruiting period opened up, probably like mid-April, mid getting close to it here. And the coaches are in there. We had probably six Division I kids my senior year, a bunch of D1AA guys, D2 kids. And then the next year, there was a whole other crop. So it wasn't just like, oh, for me. It was like we had like legit guys, number third, three-ranked center in the country. We had top 10 guard in the country. We had our, our whole offensive line with division one and tight end back to back years. We had 3000 yard rushers. It was a different, it, we're up there in like top five teams in Pennsylvania state history. And I'm not like, Oh, like that. Like I didn't even buy the varsity jacket. Cause I felt it screamed high school musical, shove the kid into the locker vibe. I was like, wore the sweatshirt as everybody wore the varsity. Jacket. I hated it. So <clears throat> my point was I went in the, my coach's office and I'm like, I got to commit right now. I know I want to go to Florida. This was the next day after Alabama was there and all Stanford and all these coaches were in there. Ryan Day was at Boston College at the time. He was an Al head coach at Ohio State. And he just was like, I'm like, was like, you're ready to commit now? I'm like, I know where we want to go. We all know where I want to go. There was only two tight ends there at the time. One of them was Jordan Reed. And, and the other one and the next one were two defensive players that were transferring over. All these other tight end rooms have eight guys. And I'm not afraid of competition, but – you're going to get hurt. Someone's Smart going decision. to get hurt. You yeah. have to find the right – and it was the right fit too for a million other things. But I remember – I'm committing because I remember our teammates when those guys – when Alabama was there recording, guys were putting like weight on the bar, crashing their weights, like showing off. And it, and I just – I was programmed in the right thing. is about leadership at that time, about like making the right decisions. Like I was like, hey, guys, like we're not getting school rings our senior year. We're getting – we're going to win a state title, so we're not doing that. Like it was a whole – it was very Texas State football vibe of how we tried to go about a business. It was very serious. We had a ton of fun too, but um, 
I don't know off the rails. I ended up, you know, committing to Florida on Cinco de Mayo, whatever that was, 2011. 2000, yeah, 2011, spring. And it was the best decision I ever made. And, um, but back to the relationship side of it, what were we talking about? You were, you were just, we were just talking about how Saban's in there. He's no. assessing your talent, right? Yes, but my connections and assessing talent. And this is also about how you look and how you dress, how you act. Of course, I got the, I'm supposed to get a haircut the other day. I have the ridiculous beard right now. And the barber was closed yesterday. I wasn't happy about this that. This is a big media appearance. I know um, it is. Well, this is good. You have high-tech cameras. You yes. have high-tech mics. Yes, big time. This is not not for long media where I'm coming out of my MacBook. <laughs> and it's a little blurry, so it just looks like I have some scruffy beard. I'm a mess. I just splashed some water on my face. That's what I was doing. That's, that's ha- what you're doing. That's hair and makeup and not for long media. <laughs> uh, low budget. This is not, you know, true sports. Um, so the two connections that kind of changed my life, and there's a million of them million but these are the two that stand out when you look when you stand up and you look back from a ten thousand foot field you're like whoa good things i good things i good thing i listened to my dad you know so i'm on the recruiting trips to the university of florida unofficial visits we were going down there and I'm very fortunate my family was able to take us down there and do that stuff he's like son you're wearing jeans you're wearing slacks you're wearing a polo I'm like that i've been to penn state i've done these local ones right Rutgers, penn state everyone's wearing their like sweatshirts and this. they already want you you already want me. Yeah. You're wearing you're wearing it. Yeah. What do you mean? I mean, I, I went to all BC, all these places, local pit, you know, Delaware, whatever. No. Like that. They're all wearing varsity jackets. Like, I'll just wear like, you know, whatever. Something casual. No, you're not. <sighs> okay. So you do it. So I do it. Good. And it ended up ended up being one of the best things I ever did because I'll never forget this. And I and I wrote thank you letters to a lot of the coaches that were there for the visits that I had in, that impacted me, right? The one, not the ones I just shook their hand real quick, but the ones I spent a lot of time with. One of the guys, his name was Brendan Donovan. Brendan's now a scout, I think, in the USFL or X, uh, XFL. He's been in those circles. He's been in the NFL, Cleveland Browns, Atlanta Falcons, Philadelphia Eagles. But he was with Notre Dame, then Florida. And I wrote Brendan a thank you letter. And I said, you know, I appreciate everything you're doing. You did for me on the visit. And again, I was dressed a little bit different than every other player. Not obnoxious, but like I put some time into it, right? So fast forward, I'm out of the NFL. I am working marketing. I just finished my first year marketing for my mom's company, LSL Brand. She has you know 20 different brick-and-mortar locations all in the Northeast from Bucks County, Pennsylvania, Princeton, all up and down the Jersey Shore. Retail, food, fudge, the whole nine. <laughs> She's nuts. Ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Now it's like twenty pounds of shit in a five pound oh, bag. Oh, I'm learning. I'm learning what that phrase means. Okay, good. Yeah. Context. So, I am pr- pretty much dead in the water. The AAF is being born. It was the first kind of real minor league since like the old XFL. Trent Richardson played in it. A bunch of guys played in it. It was a really good league. Their whole thing was, hey, listen, we're going to pay you like a practice squad player, but which is eight thousand a year. 8,000 a week. A week. Okay. Excuse me. 8,000 a week. We're going to pay you like a practice squad guy. At the time, it was probably six or 7,000 or, I don't know, it could have been even last five. And this is 2019? Yeah. 2019. So, and it's over. They've planned the course of 10 weeks, 12 weeks. The season? Yeah. Yeah, I'll get into it. I'm telling this. I'm trying to articulate the story. I'm sorry. I'll retell the story for social media (laughs) because I know it's all about today, the clip. So, Fast forward, I'm in a, not at a low point, but I'm in a low point of my career, not my life. Uh, I'm actually, if you take a snapshot of where I was, I was at the Guinness factory right here. 
I feel like you're always at a Guinness factory. I'm not. I've only been to <laughs> this one twice or three times in Baltimore. So I'm at the Guinness factory. I think it's 2019 spring, 2018 spring, somewhere in there. I got cut from the Bears the following the, the fall before that, the day they traded for Cleo Mack. I got cut. Michael Burton got kept. He deserved it. How are you, bud? <laughs> Stud. He's probably not listening. I got it. Maybe it's. I was gonna make a joke there. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna I know what it was gonna be. It was gonna be something about like a Spotify subscription. Fee. Correct. Yes. There you go. Come I don't want to pay that fee. <laughs> I gotta go to True Sports. I'm paying enough. Um, so I'm at the low point, and I'll speed the story up. I'm working marketing for my mom's company. I'm working for a finance company, doing some marketing for them. I just finished up my first year calling Temple football games on the radio, traveling with the team all over, uh, or second year, I should say. Just bouncing around, coaching high school football at KMA, New Jersey, doing Eagles pre- and post-game live every Sunday. So I had a full slate trying to do something, you know, not making any money really, just trying to kick it down the road. We're at the Guinness factory here in Baltimore, and now we live here in Annapolis, and I get a text from Brendan Donovan. I haven't heard from him since. 2000 – now, we've stayed in touch friendly, but our past professionally have never crossed since 2000 – since you wrote the thank you note 2013 or thereabouts until i left florida okay 2013 so from 2013 to 2019 say really no contact professionally hey man are you in shape <laughs> you're holding two guinnesses well i just finished my third <laughs> and we were out the night before in annapolis it's uh you know uh february march night and again a march day and it's a Sunday brunch kind of vibe. Okay. I think we're off Monday. It was one of the holidays. It's know. a Wednesday, but it was a Sunday vibe. It was a president's, I think it was either MLK Monday. I think it was MLK Monday. Okay. We were out, out on a Sunday. And you're celebrating. Whatever, just having a couple proper pints. And uh, we just came back from London. So, of course, the longest story ever again. We're celebrating, having a good time. And I, are you in shape? And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, why is he texting me? Now, my agent's telling me, listen. There's a couple workouts that could come up with NFL teams, but it's not looking that great for a future. You should think about this league. He's like, but let's see how the league looks on TV. Let's see how the league, the players' responses are out of this league. If it's a shit show, we're not going to put you into a shit show. You're still playing. You still have interest. We're not going to put you down there. Because if you don't play well there, you're dead. You're dead. Yep. So I go to the I, – I go outside. I text him back. Of course I'm in shape. Anybody has three Guinnesses in them, they're in shape. <laughs> And I have been training through it nonstop. That was a grind in itself. We get four-hour episode about training and just like burning out because you're like, when do I take time off? I can't take time off because I NFL workouts are on Monday, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. I have to be ready to go. So I'm like, well, just call me. What's going on? So he calls me. He says, hey, listen, you know I loved you at Florida. I thought you were first class. I think we could use your leadership here. I know what type of guy you are. I'll never forget. And then – you know, boom, I ended up flying out two days later, winning the workout, joining the team and becoming one of the starters at the tight end position. And okay, well, how does that do with you dressing nice at Florida? Well, when I got down there. Brennan's like, Hey, man, I vouch for you because I know what type of guy you are. I'll never forget when you showed up and you wrote me that thank you letter. I'll never forget when you showed up and you dressed the way you dressed and you cared about it and you knew you were a pro before you were expected to be a pro. And that's what that's a crazy connection. Yeah. And it really kind of changed my life, I think. Now, who knows? If I you know, if I didn't do that and I didn't write him a thank you, him and I still had a great relationship. doesn't matter. I don't know. But I'm a firm believer in the handwritten thank you. And then also the next connection, which is a quick story. I was there in the AAF, the Birmingham Iron, played for Tim Lewis, who 
sat behind my mom in high school in Bucks County, Pennsylvania at Penn Ridge High School and used to shoot spitballs in her hair. My mom went and saw Tim on Monday Night Football when he put his head down when he was a first-round pick out of pit. And if he, played, if he played again and got hit like that again, he would have been paralyzed, so he retired. Long story short, had a great NFL coaching career, and then he was the finally head coach at AAF for the Birmingham Iron. Of course, he wanted to bring me in too. This is someone who's a huge influence on my life. I grew up going to NFL locker rooms because of this guy. Hmm. Talk about relationships. I mean, he, he really set my path. Um, so, yeah, long story short with Tim, uh, I'm in there and I'm playing for the Birmingham Iron. I meet this guy named Ron Seleski. And the AAF folds overnight. The guy who owns the Carolina Hurricanes bought it, tried to save it, realized it was such that. a mess. Yep. Everyone's like blaming him. I'm like, I don't blame him. He just came into this place that was a mess. And it was a really good league. It was a shame. Whatever. The league folds. Ron stays in touch. Good friend. Got to know him in the building. Again, relationships. Strong relationship in the building. Always get to know everybody. Spend the time. Family, friends, engagement. Um, and then, boom, Ron gets hired by to run operations for the XFL Tampa Bay Vipers. I was coaching football in Cayman, New Jersey. I'm in the uh, eighth grade auditorium you know across the hall whatever it was in k may where we were living at the time and uh i get a call from tampa vipers i barely was drafted and they're like hey this guy ron slusky's here pounding the table for you to get here and they're saying you're gonna end up being our starter or one of the starters at tight end for us if you come and if you play I'm like let's do it i'm in i'm drafted i don't have a choice let's do it i'm jacked up so i got a couple workouts out of the aaf which was great new orleans detroit and then they didn't work out they actually new orleans Signed Mike Burton that day. We were in. Just following you. Yeah, no, he does. And I follow him and switch agents and go to Malka and then switch everything I'm doing in my life and drop everything. Move to Annapolis just to work with True Sports. So, Brennan Donovan, Ron Seleski, that took 10 minutes off our recording. That's how I got to the XFL. XFL was five, six games, training camp, more relationships. And then that league folded. And then Matt Rule took the job from Baylor to Carolina Panthers. And then I graded out in good film. They brought me into Carolina. And you're there. You were there how long? Three years in Carolina. So, you're there three years. So, the highlights, though, to boil it down, were you dressed and acted professional on your visit, you stayed in touch, and so I'm hearing professionalism, I'm hearing networking, understanding that, and I think that's a lost art, person to person, right? Because now everything is You have to virtual. stay in touch. Yeah. And it's, again, it's it sounds corny because, like, I want to stay in touch because I want something from you down the line. I think that's an underlying thing that people fear. It's like, no, build the relationships yeah. constantly. Like if somebody pops into my head, I'm sending them a text. I'm sending them a text. It's happening. Yesterday, yeah. I probably did it. Sometimes my best mental clarity is when I'm working out. Like our best show would have been if I worked out already into this because now I'm like, man, there's a lot to talk about. We'll just take the I see mics. The, I see the clock running. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And we have PT in 25 minutes. <laughs> no, I don't care about that. But uh, this is way more fun and more important. So, yeah, I, I think connecting is number one thing. And, and again, if you're a PT listening – it's like, how do I connect? Because there's a million of you. And how do I find the right fit for me? That's the other thing, right? Like, it's the same thing. It's so much different than probably professional sports where they're finding you. But you're trying to find PTs too. Good fits. I think you just got to dominate and get as much information as you can. Like, I have mentor a couple kids, football players that are high school going to college. They're like, what do I get my degree in? I'm like, well, what do you want to work in? Uh, if it's not something like this where it's uh, you know, some sort of hands-on, you need to get science courses, all that, like get a degree in finance. 
because he always works for you and then connect with everybody you can along the way and well, by the by the way even even if it is this pt world like i if i had to do it again i wish i would have been a finance major or yeah. business major something because it just broadens your horizon you, you still need those prereqs but why not you want to be as like cast as wide a net as possible that that's going to help you I chose a school coming out of high school before college. I went away to school in Israel. And the only reason I chose the school that I did there was I just heard that they had the best dudes. It was an all-guy school. I just heard that they had um, great great guys with similar interests to me. And it's crazy because of that network that I met 20-plus years ago is like still um, my network and still a place where I can go for business connections. But more so, it's a relationship. Right? It's, it's huge. I think it's been really fun moving to Annapolis where we live now because I don't know anybody. Yeah. And so you can create. It's great. I have a couple connections through a couple of different people, but I'd make a new friend in the sauna every day in Annapolis. And I just sit there kind of with my headphones on and sit back. And everyone's like, what do you think is going to happen with Lamar? And I'm silent. And then someone's like, you're pretty big. What do you think? <laughs> do you play ball? You know, and then that's always a good conversation from there. And, I, I fight it and hold it off as long as I can and then eventually gets out. And, and then eventually, not that I'm like I'm somebody important, big. I'm an NFL player. No, no, but but you don't wear it on your sleeve, and you know you're not walking around wearing the Panthers stuff. And I think that does invite probably more real connections as opposed yeah. to the fans, right? I and, always tell people I work in media, and again, I am nobody. And you do, I do, sports media, and and <laughs> sports media, and we have food media, a little bit of everything, and, and very successfully. So, did you know this coming out um, in terms of assessing talent? Like your training, t- talk to me about your draft prep or your combine prep um did you know what they were looking for and how to train for it and was that a worthwhile process well are we going to discuss how i think teams should evaluate better talent hell yeah we're okay gonna okay that. cool so i'll answer this question first you're saying because i know we talked about that last week and i'm sure we're trying to get there yep and i'm just taking forever Not trying to get it we are getting there and and i am taking forever per usual because uh, <laughs> this is how i do my shows yeah i think okay so your question was how do teams do I know what teams are looking for? I think they're just looking for whatever your weaknesses are. If I think back, I don't move that great. I can attest to that. Thanks. Damn it. <laughs> um, I don't move that great, but I move well enough. Yeah. And my other attributes are, are, are you know, they're, they're, they do me really well. Strength, power, hand-eye coordination, all the things that you can probably do with tight end other than run fast. Uh, I think I can do pretty good. So uh, at the end of the day, I think I tried to feature the things that I didn't do well on that day, on my pro day, for the scout's eyes. And all of them came up to me. Not all of them. Christ, there was a lot there. We had a lot of really good players at Temple at the time. I would say three or four came up to me and said, Wow. You can run routes. And there's some strategic planning to that. What routes am I going to run? How am I going to run them? There's work with the quarterback. There's preparation back at the comp at back where I was training in Atlanta. At Chip Smith, a great place to train for coming out for your pro day and your combine, et cetera. So I think what I, I tried to show what they thought I couldn't do. Yeah. Uh, what the other thing I jumped in before and said, I, I hear professionalism and I hear networking. The other thing that's so clear about hearing your journey and a great way to assess talent is does the person sitting opposite you know themselves? You 
knew you weren't the fastest cat in the world, right? You knew maybe you were weak at this and strong at that. That's a that's a skill in and of itself. Joe Brady said it to me when he's the offensive coordinator at LSU and they won the national title. Coach Rule hired him in Carolina. He was there two years. Now he's a quarterback coach at Buffalo Bills the last two years. Very, you know, William & Mary played there. He's a rising star in the coaching world. And Joe said to me when they signed me my first year, he said, dude, your best attribute is you know exactly who you are. You don't try to be anybody else. And I'm okay with that. And I think a lot of players try to be something they're not. I think a lot of people forget too. We're constantly working on the things we're weakness at, we're, we're weak at, instead of like I'm going to make my strength glare. Yeah. Like if I was a pure, 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 pure dominant blocking tight end, I think I'd be in the NFL still. Now I had some injuries, whatever, but I'm a good blocking tight end. I'm not a great blocking tight end. I think I'm great, but I'm not great. Like great is like George Kittle, Chris Manhurts. There's a couple Mercedes Lewis. These guys they also have freakish gifts too. It's crazy long arms and crazy strength and ability. But to get that time on the field, you have to be able to do a little bit of everything. There's a whole side of that too. But draft pick, you know, have you worked your way in? So are you saying highlight your strengths, highlight your weaknesses? Which one? Coming out? Yeah. Highlight your weaknesses. When you're in bring under, them up. Try I, to bring them up. I call it when you're underwear. When you're in shorts, t-shirt, you can't. If you're weak, if your strength is the physicality, this is in football. And I'm trying to relate it back to PT. Yeah. And, and I'm sorry for those. No, we'll get there. I'm, not, I'm trying, but when I was coming out of the pro day, my thing is I'm going to show that I can move okay. Because I only caught three passes my senior year at Temple. We ran the ball. Mm-hmm. We had big people. We had great fullbacks, running backs. Very similar to my high school situation. We were going to beat the hell out of you. And we beat the hell out of Navy, one of the toughest teams in the country down here in Annapolis, like one of the best days of my life, our senior year. It was crazy. I, if I would have told you we would have knocked out three or four quarterbacks and they would have lost to Army the next week for the first time in, I think, 15 years, I would have said, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. I just want to beat them and then have them beat, beat Army because I'm a big Navy fan. So, um, yeah, I, coming out in, in shorts and a T-shirt, I wanted to run a good 40. I ran an okay 40. But I moved, I looked like I moved well, optics. And then I ran really good routes. I went over the bags better than people thought. And overall, I think a lot of scouts were like, he moves pretty good. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it was like, okay, Eagles, Jets. Uh, I talked to the Patriots of all people before the draft. My agent's jaw was like falling out of his mouth. He's like, you may end up getting drafted. All these people, excuse me, are calling you now. So, again, my strength was blocking and physicality. And, again, that really coordinates better to the – it goes better with the NFL game than college. So, when you're in, you know, shorts and underwear, it's like, okay, you got to show that you can move because there's, like, somebody holding a bag. When someone holds a bag, you got to rip their head off and all that. And you got to – there's optics for that too. But then the flip side, when I really get there, it's like, do what I do well. Yeah. And let that shine through. Don't try to be anything you can. When you really get there, when you get to the league. When you get to the league. And so, that's – and that gets to the GM. That gets to the management side, whether it's business or whether it's football. You have to show your tools, right? You have to show your tools, and they have to put you in the right place to succeed. Exactly. Right? That's on them. Right. That's that's totally on them. And you'd say you're more of a um, receiving or blocking? Blocking. Play, blocking, right. So they're Who not going to – has great – I think has great hands. Big I hands. Mean, I mean that – yeah. Big and, hands. and soft. And I mean that humbly. <laughs> soft. Soft to a football, not soft to touch. Yes, yes. I mean, sometimes, you know, okay. I, I put good good product on, but <laughs> I just don't move that great to create in a one on one situation. I can win one on one reps. I can get open in zone. I would say a really broke, poor man's Jason Witten would be would be the equivalent of probably how I play. 
Okay. So I wouldn't mind being a Brooke, Jason Witt. Correct. So, but it's on the management. They don't want to put you in the Mark Andrews position. No, Mark's, right? Mark's because he's a he's a receiving. He's a pterodactyl. He's a pterodactyl. So him and George Kittle. But like Waller. knowing where you are, right, and knowing management side, this is where it gets back to PT. This is where it gets back to business. You got to know who's in front of you. They should know who they are, what their strengths and weaknesses are. But we should be able to assess that talent um, and set you up for success, put yep. you in a position to succeed. And I think that's that's the root of of any successful business, and definitely PT practice. By the way, even those who are listening clinically, it's the same thing clinically, where it's. You have to identify what is it that the patient's lacking. Maybe they're coming out of uh, a knee surgery. They're missing ACL or sorry, they're missing knee extension. You got to spend your time there. If their knee extension's awesome, spend your time on another weakness. Higher level athlete, when I met you, it's like the guy moves pretty good. What is the lowest hanging fruit? Like what is the core doing? What is the glutes doing? Is that doing its job to set the calf up for success? In, in the previous mentioned example, you got to know where the athlete or the patient is in front of you. You get there from doing your homework when it's really clicking. And this is why I love working with elite athletes. They know. Yeah. It, it's no secret. When I came in, I'm like, don't eat posterior <laughs> chain. Right. When you break your foot twice, I didn't run or do any lower body for a year of my college career. That's crazy. I mean, I, I think back, I was talking to my wife last night. I'm like, I went to college at 235. And played basketball all the way through. Kids, if you're a multi-sport athlete, parents, my best advice is to stay a multi-sport athlete until you get to college. Good advice. Everybody says that right now. It's very popular. Everyone's like, yep, well, so-and-so, Tristan McCaffrey, and, you know, uh, ex-baseball player, JT Real Moto, the Phillies, you know, Phillies catcher. I, I use him because uh, – you know, he, he played like football in high school and baseball and all that stuff. Like, if you can do it, do I it. I love that you didn't use Nick Moore. Oh, Nick Moore. This guy. <laughs> That's another episode. we here an hour and a half. Um, uh, I love Nicky. Nick Nick Moore, who's been on the show, folks. I was Nick's backup long snapper for your Tampa Bay Vipers. You've had two Tampa Bay Vipers on the show. It's, we lead the country in Tampa Bay Vipers. You do. Guess. So, um, I forget where I was going, but multi-sport, multi-sport, man, you got to do it. It's going to help you. I, I always say like, I, I, they were like, it was like a football's like, we want you to continue to put on weight 10 pounds in the off season. Got it. Put on like 30. And they were like <laughs> jacked up, you know, they were crazy. They were so happy. If I was playing basketball, it wouldn't happen. I would have stayed loose, limber. I would have been running more. My cardio would have been up. My calves would have been strong. Everything would have been stronger. Instead, what happened really was I put on all that weight was in like a nine and a half foot rim dunk contest with a bunch of now NFL guys that were like high school kids from my area. And I sprained my ankle horribly, horribly. Senior year, I had to tape my ankle, brace my ankle, and spat my ankle to play because there was no, it, it was like a land of make believe. It was like, you don't have a sprained ankle. Sorry. And what, when do you put on all that weight? Before that. <clears throat> Before high school. During high school. It was like my senior year, I did that. It was, it was at a graduation party. My senior year, Mike McGlinchey was there and just signed a big ticket to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, he did. Right tackle for uh, the Niners. You know who else just signed the big ticket with the Broncos? Mike Burns. Okay, so big ticket. Yeah, right. But then you, but then you break. You deserve it though, Mike. You then you break your foot. Yeah, I broke my foot uh, about mm, six months after. Six months after, and then you don't do legs. No, no, that wasn't that period. I was training through that. I was doing different things through high school. And then I got to Florida, broke it again during training camp, just like running around trying to rehab it back. 
And then I was doing more likes. So I'm at this, I'm at Florida, right? We're doing different things, PT, lift and running. And then what happened was I had the navicular stress fracture on the left foot. And that was like the big boom. Why Florida's like, you're out. It's over. Mm-hmm. Career's over. Medically disqualified. You can, we'll pay for your school, but you can play a sport at Florida. Cause I'm like, great. I want to stay here. I just met my wife. We have these awesome friends. I'm, I want to play in the NFL, but uh, again, you're like 20, 21 years old. You're like, oh man, like this, this is, is fun. I'm socially just becoming who I think I want to be. Yeah. Do well in school, and then like boom, rock bottom hit. I'm like, I'm transferring. I didn't do well in school. I was like, I'm out of here, and uh, ended up being you know just a crazy journey. But I didn't do lower body then at all. I didn't run nothing because I went to Mike uh, Robert Anderson in, in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's like, you need to shut it down because you are just burning it at both ends here with your feet, and you're trying to come back, and you're playing with nubs. You need to go down to square one, and then bring you back up. Thankfully, I picked. I went to Temple. They were my only offer after having 30 scholarships. They were my only offer you know two years before and and he'll he probably listen to this because i'll send it to him but joel roth i think he's the best pt in the world other than you yoni thanks and he saved my career he saved my career and uh i got very fortunate that he's there uh works for NovaCare and runs practices and is extremely successful there but um yeah i mean he's just he's a great friend and he, he saved my career i got very lucky with that because some places you go and we're going to get into this too like institutionally like just because it has a big logo or a big brand or a, a big shield next to it doesn't make it the best product. I think people get that confused. Like you always hear, like, oh, they do they do surgery for the yeah. for, for this team, you know, like where I grew up. It's like they do surgery on the Eagles. Like, great. I got a I got a uh, I put a screw in at University of Penn, right? Like, pretty successful hospital, one of the best in the world, yeah. one of the best schools in the world. They put a smaller screw in because they didn't think they they treat everyone the same there. I'm like, I'm gonna be playing. Can we do a bone graft? No, we don't do that here. I had to get the same surgery twice within four months because it wasn't yeah. done right. So I think oh, I mean, we- you have to do your homework. That's the bottom line. As someone who you're going to be doing talent, talent, talent evaluation, you have to do your homework. So deep for you, like what's social media like? Do they have any skeletons in the closet on social media? I think that's a huge thing we're finding in the world we live in today. I should have did. I should have done way more. Uh, and I did it later because I hit up a – couple NFL coaches that I'm like, where did you guys send your guys if you break your foot? And that's, is that where Anderson started? And that's where Anderson came in because he's best in the world at it, foot and ankle in my opinion. And uh, he's in Green Bay now, but he was in Charlotte for the majority of his career. And so like along those lines, it's, it's, it's an eye-opening story because I've worked with NFL guys, um, not named Colin Thompson, who had Dr. Anderson do their surgery. Yeah. And what I saw later was a freaking mess. And and the reason the guy was a mess was not Dr. Anderson. It's like what happens following, right? And so some of those guys end up back in the building. Some of those guys have their buddy who's a PT, whatever, if they're not doing their homework to know that that's an integral part, obviously I'm biased, but an integral part of the outcomes, you're doing everyone at this service. You're doing the team at this service. You're doing yourself at this service. And, and that's, that's number one. And the whole thing at the end of the day is like, how do I know though? I'm a player. Yeah. What's the I, answer to that? How do you know? I walk into a building and I'm like, this, this is who I trust. That's a yes. Because th- that's who you trust. They're in your corner. They've been there when you literally are rolling on the ground and your shoulders separated. Yeah. And they pop it back in for you and they help you. And that's the world of uh, that athletic training, you know, physical therapy, strength conditioning at, at, at the highest level because it, it's the chicken or the egg. We need you to play. We don't want to hurt you. You need to play financially. 
So everyone's sitting here like, go play. Everyone's sitting here like the office when they got their guns up. You know, they're sitting there and they're pointing at each other. Okay. Everyone will know this other than you because you're clueless. Yes. The office. The office. They're sitting there like it's the Charleston episode and they're all like got their guns up. All right, whatever. Everybody God listening it. knows it. Okay. But everyone's pointing guns at each other like, well, okay, now what? And I think that's a really hard thing to do. I feel bad for the industry because you don't have enough time. Our union doesn't allow us to be in the building. We don't get paid. If we walk in right now in March, we don't get a dollar. So at the end of the day, it's like business. Are you going to go into work for the next two months and not get a buck? Or are you going to be home with your family, see your kids, train on your own, pay for your own physical therapist? Like, that's the whole ch- – it's very tough. And it is tough. The solution – Let's hear it. Mike Burton didn't give one, didn't by give the way, on his episode. Solution. I'll give one right now. Okay, I'm excited about that. I was going to say the solution for the outside, for the player, goes back to your original point, which is what's your network? Who do you know and how – the issue is you build that network by the time you're my age, 29. You're right. You're right. But and that's what that's almost, why we're doing this. We're, we're saying do it earlier. You right? have to. And yeah. you have to do it with everything. Financial managers. But yeah. the problem is you're a 21-year-old kid. Everybody, And you're making hopefully millions. But you already said. You said how, are, how do you know? How do you know to dress nicely? Parents. I'm very lucky I have that. You have you're to right. have that. And you're that's, right. Or mentors. I thank or, my parents as much as I can. Or someone older. You just, have to. Just someone older. But then you also have to have the somebody who's in your life at a young age telling you to trust other people that's a whole nother episode i play with a lot of guys that have zero trust in anybody Anybody. and i don't blame them because you hear their story i'm like why would you trust anybody but then people from the outside say oh they got to trust people oh those guys those guys are all those guys just blow all their money yep first off who are those guys what are you referring to and then second off you had parents you had mentorship you had whatever yep that's a whole nother but that's a, that, you're right. It you're gets right. me jacked up because it's a real big conversation. Well, it is a big conversation. By the way, I wish the organizations had that mentality a little in, bit more. In what way? Let's. What is the support that you're providing? They, Period. By the way, financial, medical. They they provide a lot more than people think because they don't. You know, hey, listen, we had a financial advisor in today tell a story or three stories. They're not going to market that, right? That's not getting across. And I'll say this too, for those listening at home, like take Twitter with 10%, whatever you're reading out of a building, other than somebody actually signs, there's a lot, there's a lot of crap. Watch a press and con- you watch a press conference. If you think what's coming out of people's mouths is hundred percent true, crazy, I would go 10% true. Okay. Um, That's good insight. Yeah. For That's those like insight. listening at home and are like watching, you know, uh, for the Ravens fans here, like watching coach Harbaugh, like coach Harbaugh is a pretty smart man. And uh, he's a lot of tons of success. Like he's not going to get on the, on the mic and just like tell everything that's going on in the building. Mm-hmm. So that's here nor there. Um, I'm just my sauna talk. I have to kind of tamper. Yeah, but that, that's, it's freaking good talk and I'm thrilled to bring it to the masses. So along those lines, you're the NFL player. How do you see the ideal performance setup? This is hard because I've been to a lot of different places and they are all good in their own way. And all of the people there, 90% of them I've interacted with are amazing, 99, 100, amazing, amazing human beings. They get no sleep. They work their asses off. They're all underpaid. They love it because they have huge passion for it. And game day to them is just as big as it is to us. Yep. It is everything. There's 17 of them a year in the NFL. That's what makes NFL special, college football special, all the places that I've been to. 
and been fortunate to. So I think, listen, I think the athletic training world is extremely important if it's paired with the right physical therapy situation. So that's what I'm asking you. The ideal, Colin Thompson buys the Ravens tomorrow. Physical therapists everywhere. Athletic trainers, also there. But your physical therapists have to run the show. Your PTs. Because in my opinion, you look at athletic trainers, they're trying to help you deal with your pain discomfort. They are doing some physical therapy work. They're, they're, they're doing everything. They're spread thin. They're taping ankles. They're carrying waters. They are working their asses off and are extremely smart and extremely gifted and work extremely hard to get what they have to go to. But I think there has to be an overall general person that's running it the whole entire show that is a physical therapist that knows what the plan is from a strength conditioning standpoint to a uh, athletic training standpoint and then how do you mesh them and a medical put that doctor and of course, in there, right sorry medical of course yeah. and that's a whole other can of worms in the league because it's all pain management yeah. guys want to play but your shoulders hanging on by a bone yeah like like by a thread excuse me like you can't that's a whole other thing so that's why it's easy to, people can come on here and blame this and blame mm -hmm. that listen everybody's in the same pot because it's short-lived there'd be 100 people behind you to take your job so i think to me there's an athletic athletic there's a pt structure with three to four of them at the top that run the entire show i'd have a head athletic trainer in there as well and i would i would have a I would have a strength coach in, in that mix. What, and this is like your leadership. This is my medical leadership department. Okay. There's five of them, say. Who's on top of that then? Who's number one? Who's your top dog? Like, Meaning, what are his credentials? Someone who has tons of experience with physical therapy. So it could be a doctor. It could be an AT. Yep. Yeah. It, it could, it could, could be, be a strength coach. Yeah, you could, it could be an athletic trainer. That could be, but you have to be physical. You have to have physical therapy. You have to understand strength and balance and management, people management, time management, because you only have so much time in the day. Like we talked about this with Burton's episode, which was fen fan phenomenal, by the way. For those that didn't listen to it, go back and listen to it about Mike's talking about the time you have in the day. And Yoni says, hey, listen, 10 minutes to jump on a force plate is not the worst thing in the world. And we did that in Carolina, too. I thought we did a great job of that. But you're right. It, you need to it needs to be someone at the top running the show as an athletic trainer, and then there needs to be a, a a a group below it with four or so people. So five people have to vote on things. There's an odd number. Yeah, that's how I would do it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's a perfect formula to it, but I think sports science is heavily involved too now with that world. You need that department because player load. Yeah, your management. Yeah, sure. How does that equal? I think guys need more time off personally. I need. I think some of the stars. These guys that play a ton of reps, like Taylor Moten for us, our right tackle last year, he didn't practice on Wednesdays. He walked around. Now he lifted and did his thing. But, like, the guy would take, like, 65 reps during a game at right tackle in the NFL facing their best pass rusher, their best run stopper. Like, that, and I thought we did a great job with that in Carolina. And so that's unbelievable, and you rarely hear that, and you're the only Panther I've ever worked with. So small sample size. You know, it's like different orgs yeah. cross. I, having worked with you – I did like a lot of the stuff that was coming out. I thought they did do a good job of integrating more of that sports science. The important piece was it seemed like they were aggregating the data on the sports science side. Every team does that by and large, but they were responding to it. And as crazy as that sounds, it's like that's half the battle. Buy-in from the top down. Yeah. 
your owner, right, has to empower it. But at the end of the day, the head coach, GM, great. The head coach runs the show. The head coach sets the practice script. The head coach sets everything. So my opinion, if there's medical issues, that's on the head coach. They have to find a way to remove that. They have to know, hey, there's a couple of guys got hurt last week. We can't afford a couple more guys to get hurt this week. It needs to be throttled back. I think there needs to be more. I get it. There's something. The rubber's going to meet the road at some point. And then, it, again, that goes back to the GM. Do we have veteran players in here? Do we have players? What, what part of stage are you on? If you have a younger team, you have to practice hard. But if you have an older team with some younger players sprinkled in there, again, that goes back to talent, bringing people in. Can you pull the throttle back and have more walkthroughs? Can you pull the throttle back and say, okay, listen, we're going to hit today just for the first 15 minutes of practice, and we're going to take the pads off, put the spiders on, and then have a have a jog through the rest of the day. I think you really have to have a good pulse of that. Like there's some days I'm walking out there, and I'm like, today should be a walkthrough. Yeah, that's – But there's also pushing through it. But what am I pushing through it for? It's week 14. You know, I think – and again, I thought we did a really good job of that in Carolina because our, our it's always all synced from the top down. And there was a buy-in from both head coaches that I've been with there, Coach Wilkes and Coach Rule. We are going to trust the science department. We are going to trust the science department. We are going to trust it. That's that's really unique. The carryover to the to the business world, which I'm sure you're doing it not for long media, is do you have the pulse of your organization, right? And then are you willing to change, react, and adapt? Are you nimble enough to do that? That's a matter of, of structure, confidence in who you've surrounded yourself with, which goes back to our assessment of talent, mm-hmm. right, and people in the right positions. And do you have the humility to say that wasn't that course that we charted over there isn't going to get us to where we want to go? We need to change a little bit. Uh, I think those are the lessons from the NFL um, that come all the way through. More burningly, the question I need to ask you about performance um, in the NFL is why do the athletic trainers squirt water in your mouth? I don't know. It's a great question. It's been a part of it forever. You're saying they should it? Why do they? I'm saying you should look at everything through that lens. Why do we do X? But most poignantly, why do we squirt water in other men's mouths? And by we, I mean. Uh, you know, in the profession, yeah. I don't know. It's a great question. I feel bad for these individuals. First off, you're carrying like crazy water drugs. Guys are exhausted. Guys in water. You know, like you're just like. Like so, I, I COVID was horrible because you had to these individuals had to carry water bottles around individuals god bless them god bless them there's pl- there's there's plastic water bottles everywhere i mean god bless those athletic trainers they grind they grind but i think to me it's every insane. building needs like you think you have enough pts get two more yeah what do you say to the owners that are like what why do i have to pay for that you have to it's not a choice i also think that guys should have their own plan from a pt to work on their weaknesses constantly constantly three four days a week it's not to get through it. It's these are okay. You're t- you're sore. You feel like crap, but your posterior chain is not where it needs to be. Great. Hey, strength coach X, Y, and Z. Make sure today we get some. Uh, you know, we're gonna work some RDLs today. I know he's hurting. Can we find a way to alleviate? You know, he, t- he took a contusion to the thigh the other day. That's the other thing too. It's like, great. We want to maintain strength during the year, but you just got a helmet off the thigh and you can't even walk. So, I th- like, that's a whole another can of worms there. That's where the pain management stuff comes in. That's where different pills come in that I don't. Yeah. I'm not a fan of. So, 
I think communication from the top down as we wrap, or I'm assuming we are. If not, I love it. Keep it rolling. But communication from the top down. Yeah. Ownership saying any resource you need to make happen, we'll make it happen. And then the number one thing is what does your head coach really believe in? Because every head coach believes in, like, we're going to meet in potatoes, we're going to beat you up, we're going to be physical. Every single one of them I've ever played for. But the COVID year, we didn't have anything. We didn't. We were in OTAs. We weren't there four days a week for eight weeks, nine weeks in the offseason with a month off, and then you come back. We just roll right into training camp. That's the best I ever felt in my life. Now, is it the best for football? No. But I think we killed it with virtual meetings in Carolina. It was tough. It was tough. We knew the playbook coming in because of our first year on the offense. But you were fresh. You were ready to go. I also thought COVID forced us to have more days off because I got there's an outbreak. You got to take two days off here. So it was great. I'm like laying in the pool at the YMCA for an hour. Yeah. You know, so uh, that, that recovery science, right, is, is such a big. I think you need more. Yeah. Every player is going to say that, of course. I get it. But I'm not the 18 year old kid anymore who doesn't want to practice. I'm the 29 year old is like, Wow. I think you, when you come off of your day off, and, and again, how is that day off? Are you running tempo runs? Are you in the pool doing a pool workout? Did you get a lift in? It's not a day off, but it's day off of the sprinting, the grinding. But it's about the outcome. It's about what are we looking to accomplish? Are we looking to win? win? Yeah, win. Sunday. So if we're looking to win, I don't care what your lift looks like on Wednesday if I know you're going to be better on Sunday. To me, I think the lift, uh, I value my, that lift is like, that's like my... The hardest part is during OTAs, people don't realize that you're only in the app. You only can be in the building four hours at a time or six hours at a time or two hours at a time. And then that horn goes done. The coaches can't work with you unless you volunteer yourself to go lift. So I would lift after because I feel like I took a step back in OTAs because they're like, hey, you got to have a 30 minute lift. You're going to transition to the field. You're going to have a 30 minute run. And then you're going right. then you're yeah. going to catch footballs and then you're going to go to a 15 minute meeting and then you're done. But but my and my point is, if you keep Sundays front and center. We, we just don't care how much weight is on the bar on Wednesday, I, no. I would think. But I, I think no, no. that gets lost. Or it's like, hey, listen, you're going to – I liked what we did in Carolina, and a lot of teams are adapting it now. On Fridays, we walk through, where before you'd have practice all week, and then you walk through Saturday, play Sunday. So you'd have two hard days, Wednesday, Thursday, and then completely shut down on, on, on Friday. Plus, it was a half day. So you're home What happened Saturday? Saturday, you have a quick, you have quick practice. Now, how's that affect game planning? Usually put red zone in on Fridays. It's a big part of your game plan. Got to be able to score touchdowns in the red zone, right? That's no secret. So your quarterbacks are like, your OC, your quarterback's coach is like, this is my time. What do you mean? We're not going to walk through today? So you got to move it as a coach. You got to be pliable. It changes how you prep. You got to do that preparation a little earlier. Again, it affects everything in this building. Like the sports science has to meet the football and the football wins you the game. So it's like, whoa, it's more than, it's like every, I think, athletic trainer, PT is like, oh, more time off or, hey, we're going to get better lifts because the guys feel better, but we're going to have less practice time. Well, okay, you got to get reps. Yeah, the- well, that's why I think you have to have this unbelievable wide lens. That's why I like the idea of having a guy who's able to speak so many different languages, football speak included, mm-hmm. running that performance side. But again, I think it's the same in your company as well. You have to have the CEO, the Colin Thompson at the top, being able to see where am I going, how am I assessing talent, and what is the goal? The goal is to put out an awesome product for Not For Long Media. I just keep telling the group, keep kicking the can down the road. And for for our young folks, which are they all are young, they're all like 25 and younger. They're all in college or out of college. It's like if, I always say, if Barstool Sports came today and wanted to hire you, is that clip that you just made for our social media, Barstool Sports 
you know, and that, and, and whatever. Use bar, we use Barstool like, uh, like you would use whatever. True Sports is you guys are to me the top. But, Thanks. But, uh, you know, I was going to say the NFL, but that's not always pretty. It's a shame to say that. But it's not always pretty, I think, because of the product, because of the overall environment. It's, it's not like people aren't competent and good at their jobs. It's like, hey, you got 15 minutes with this guy. Help him get his posterior chain right. Or he's got. It's a system. It's the system, and it's for it's this, but it's the same thing in my field. You see that elsewhere. Unbelievable clinicians that work for my competitors. They're awesome clinicians. I would love to hire them. They can't perform where they are because the system only allows them thirty minutes with a patient. So the system only allows the athletic trainer fifteen minutes with the guy in the facility. Or the guy, how much are you willing to give time? Period. Are you yeah. going, are you going to come back to the? Are you going to say I want I want you for an hour today? But does that person have an hour to give you? I think it's, but I think it's knowing what reality is. I'll tell you what they can give you. They can give you some type of knowledge. Here's your plan. Are you doing the plan? Are are you investing your time? Maybe you go to the athletic trainer. I have seen this uh, with other organizations. Oh, listen, I can't spend the time with you in in house. Here's a guy I know. He'll give you an hour. He'll get, you need an hour. It's just not in the building because that's not the reality of an NFL. Yeah, so you got to pay out of pocket for that, and. We can't do that anymore based off some other people paying out of pocket for some things that went wrong last couple off seasons. I'm not going to say what it was, but you, like I paid this year, let's just say thousands. To get I, yourself right. Yeah, thousands. That's a practice squad player. And you're, you took a 90% pay cut. So yep. it, it's a hit. I mean, from IVs to uh, chiropractic care to massage to PT care. That's four different people I saw outside the building on a weekly basis to try to get myself back to practice. And then timing sucks, right? Because I got guys coming to me at 6 p.m. They were in the building for 12 hours. Yeah, yeah, you're in so, at 6. They right? don't, so they don't want to – I don't blame them. They're cooked. They're but cooked. then again, as a player, okay, how can I handle this? Just finish practice. I need to get a lift in. I have an hour to get a lift in, eat lunch, and then go to meetings all within an hour and shower and tub and sauna and all the things that you want to do to be a pro. So you really have to get up early. You really have to handle your time right. And then at the end of the week, you're going to come up for air a little bit and breathe. But then it's like, okay, my caffeine gets involved. Like where's your meal prepping get involved in that? There's just so much more to it. It's like, okay, I got to see Yoni in an hour. I got to do a couple of coffee. I know, I know you like the media game. You'd be an awesome consultant. I think Malka sports should hire you as an agency consultant. You hear that Malka? Yeah, I, Malka. It's cheap too. You could, yeah. <laughs> I am, I'm but just... but but it's it, it's a great it's a great outlook and it's totally applicable to any field. Which is lay your day out. How do you optimize? What are your goal? What are your goals? And it's true for not for long media. It's true for true sports. It's true in the freaking NFL. So that lands with me. I'm sure it lands with our audience. I hope it does. Oh, what do we miss? Because we talked so, about so much. Well, I'll tell you what we got to get to. We got to get to the lightning round. Oh. So buckle your ass up. Here we go. Uh, just answer. It seems like you're a little bit long-winded with oh, your answers. Can you God, just I knew you were going to say that. Okay. People are like, this guy's so annoying. He's like Brandon Donovan 50 <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> okay. Number one, who's the most talented athlete not named McCaffrey oh, you've man. ever seen? I was going to say Christian in a second. Yep. Talented athlete that I played with or seen? Yes. You said seen. Miles Garrett. <sighs> monster. Everyone says he's a monster. He's a pterodactyl. He just walks around out there. You're like, what is that? What is that, man? Freak. Christian, that was the best player in the NFL. You you lined up against him? No. Miles? No, I was inactive this year. We played him. <sighs> I, I lined, lined against some freaks, though. Miles, uh, <clears throat> Cleo Mack. 
boy oh boy what's the secret blocking that guy nothing hold on for dear life shot cut no cut can't do, can't do it anymore <laughs> okay you versus sid thompson in a lacrosse shootout who wins oh sydney i think but but she's she was she was defense she was defense but cool. she could run and freaking she could it's a shootout a couple goals in her career it's a shootout i think she uh, she would win she's better way better athlete than me do you know what you're doing with a lacrosse stick no but a hockey stick i do I, I still want to play in the NHL. I really but, still but think when I'm done playing in football, I'm going to strap the skates on for like a day and go to a free skate and then see if I can do it, and I, I will give it a shot, secretly. As long as you give it a shot. Best place to get a Philly steak sub in Philly. What the hell is that? A Philly steak sub? Can you tell that I'm a kosher guy, and I've never mixed dairy and meat together in but my life? But it's fine. You can still have a Philly cheesesteak, no cheese. Not a Philly steak. First off, if you... Oh, you know what's amazing about that? The reason I said Philly steak is because... That's what it is in a kosher spot. It's just a steak sub. It's not a cheese steak. It's just steak. Here's the thing. Okay, hold on. Let me revise that. Ready? And it's not a Philly cheese steak. It's what is a, it? If you call it a Philly cheese steak. Just tell me what it is. It's a cheese steak. Okay, okay. Best place to get a cheese steak in Philly? Angelo's Pizzeria. Why does it say pizzeria if it's a sub spot? It's former Sarcone's Deli. Ooh. That's incredible, Brad. Okay. And the guy, Brad. he was on the same bonus show the other day guy's a character and a legend and the most gifted gets up before i am makes all the bread in the world when they run out of bread they run out of bread there's no like oh i got in the street is he the guy who said i just love bread yes okay i saw that cliff good clip um best place to get a steak sub best place to get a cheesesteak in maryland uh gino's with a j over here in um <clears throat> saverna park Right where we're located, actually. I, I would say there's one up here, too, like uh, uh, near Odenton that I heard is pretty good. But it's, it's tough here. I haven't been around. I heard there's a really good one in, like, D.C., Baltimore. that probably has one, too. But Okay, you kind of answered this, but I want a short answer. Ready? What do you look for in a sports physical therapist? Uh, elite communication. Where is Colin Thompson in 10 years? Not in true true sports performance, that's for sure. I've never heard of true sports performance. That's like calling it a Philly steak sub. We're at true sports physical therapy. Oh, come on. Answer the, answer the question. You might man. be. Dude, you might be there. Where would I be in 10 years? Mm -hmm. Probably 50 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. <laughs> there you go. Good answer. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Probably not being as dialed in as I need to be on the numbers side of things, the business. I just want to work and grind and manage and do that stuff. But you got to make time for it. You get big enough, and hopefully, you hire people to do all that stuff for you. <laughs> That's why you pray. I'm not there yet, though. <laughs> okay, last but not least, where can this unbelievable audience of sports PTs find you? Thank you all for putting up with me today and listening to me. <laughs> You're great. I mean, it's just chaos. The only night, the thing is, <laughs> this is an hour nine. Um, where can you find me? Uh, the Colin Thompson Show is my show. Not For Long Media is our media company. I started Not For Long Media when I got cut from the New York Giants, had emergency epidectomy, and found out the NFL stood for Not For Long because they said they were going to keep me for a while, and they cut me 48 hours later. Not For Long Media, Colin Thompson Show, uh, Colin Thompson 86 on um, Instagram, Colin Thompson to you on Twitter. And uh, yeah, notforlongmedia.com. And I, I encourage everyone listening to to reach out. You got questions about NFL performance. You got questions about yeah, the professional world. I, I mean, Colin's just 
like I said at the beginning of the episode, unbelievable communicator, but so generous with your time as you were today. Um, you've helped us and this podcast tremendously. So I really appreciate you. Everyone listening, really appreciate you for listening at home. Can't wait to do it again. We'll talk soon. I'm excited that it cut into our PT. Duh. So now we no. only have 30 minutes I cleared of the rest of my day. Clear the rest <laughs> of my I day. I got to lift the 10. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Fair. Thank you. See you guys.